good morning. Sometimes I get this show ready just by the hair of my chinny chin chin. Rise and freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. Welcome to Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. We're glad and thankful to have you here on the program. How are we doing today, everybody? Huh? In a good mood? I sure hope so. Do us a favor as you're scrolling in to the show and sitting down and joining us here, all 70 of you so far, do me a favor, click that like button, will you? For many of you, it might be your very first time watching this show. Subscribe to the channel if you enjoy the content that you're hearing this morning. Good morning to Eric J. 1977. What's up, Eric? And Cat Dad 21 A bunch of new names and faces. What's up, Nancy Solorio? Good to see you there. Hey, you got your Afuera uh, hoodie for Javier Malay just in time yesterday. I think the sale is ending and like noon or something like that today to get that 15% discount off that you got, Nancy. Good job. Good for you. We appreciate you very much. Thanks for supporting the show. What's up, Will Run Riot? Good morning. Hey, how's my smoking hot wife, Stephanie Peterson, doing there? Hey, everybody. Glad to have you here. We got lots of great content for you and lots of great guests per usual. Today, we're going to knock it out of the park with Cliff Maloney and the Iowa Showdown. Will it be Ron DeSantis's last stand? I know some of you are big Ron DeSantis fans, and that's fine. Uh, things have not been looking good for Ron DeSantis so far, but you know what he says? He says they're going to win Iowa. So the next president of the United States, ladies and gentlemen, Ron DeSantis, maybe, or maybe not. I don't know. The Trump supporters out there, Maybe like, mm, not so fast. Hey there, hold on. Wait a minute. What about Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy? Well, they weren't invited to the town hall last night. I've got the best clips from the Ron DeSantis Nikki Haley town hall that occurred last evening on Fox News. We're going to talk about that. I've got, of course, the absolute spiciest of all of the clips. Uh, David Lee 180 says, what's the text line? Well, you can text the show and have your voice heard today or, or anytime, night or day. And sometimes we just like to chit chat, you and me, you know, quietly. I'm having a cup of hot cocoa at night, maybe a little peppermint schnapps sitting there in my bathrobe with my chest hair poking out. And I'm just like casually chit chatting away to all of the fans of the show around eight or nine in the evening, laying next to the fire on my bearskin rug you can text us at 573-319-1586 that's 573-319-1586 what's up tmail22 how are we doing robbie theremin doesn't it seem like we've got so many more new friends it's kind of crazy, right? You know why? It's because Robbie Theremin always welcomes them, saying, we're like family in his best Vin Diesel voice. Glad to have all of our friends here, like Ur's mommy as well. She's in Massachusetts. She says her vote doesn't matter. Oh, very sad. Well, that's... Democrats fault. All right. So at 7.30 a.m. Central, we're going to have Cliff Maloney on the show, and he's going to spice it up for us. Let us know what's happening. Fair warning, though, the weather here in the Midwest is frigid, cold, frozen. Internet might, might not be the best in some areas, which could mean that there might be a little bit of a problem with Cliff Maloney's internet, but we're going to give it our best shot because we like to hear from one of the leading liberty fighters in the country on the topics of the news that matter to you. So we'll talk to Cliff Maloney at 7.30 a.m. Central if the internet allows. At 8 o'clock this morning, we're going to talk to Judge Napolitano. I know you like it. <laughs> Big brain time. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Judge Napolitano this morning about the uh, the push for Donald Trump for immunity from prosecution, which I got to say is a bold strategy, Cotton. 
let's see if it works out for him. The judge will give you all the legal legal guide that you guides that you need in order to stay up to date with what's going on with that one. Because you know what, I'm not a lawyer and I don't want to pretend to be. So we'll talk to Judge Napolitano about that at 8 a.m. He'll be able to fill us in. Apparently, this morning SEAL Team Six is trending because the, his uh, opponents in the trial yesterday said, "Well, if Donald Trump, if you wanted to have SEAL Team Six murder your opponents, would you be immune from that?" Which is just kind of a bonkers question, but you know what? The judge is going to react and respond to that. And speaking of our nation's glorious, illustrious military, uh, we're going to speak to Lieutenant Colonel Anthony Schaefer this morning. Tony, Tony, Tony. Tony Schaefer is a former spy, and he's going to talk to us today about the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, going AWOL. Did you hear about this? Apparently, the Secretary of Defense, unfortunately, has prostate cancer and underwent a couple of secret surgeries, a la Grover Cleveland, without telling anybody. But whereas Grover Cleveland just disappeared on a boat at night to go and get an oral surgery to remove a cancer from his mouth and was the President of the United States, and I think was only gone one day, Secretary of Defense, who was charged with actually defending our country in our uh, time of need, just disappeared for days without telling anybody. Uh, so we're going to talk to Lieutenant Colonel Anthony Schaefer this morning about the chain of command, uh, what should be done in that situation, and whether or not our military is ready for a threat with the kind of uh, leadership that we have at the Pentagon these days. Tony Schaefer will fill us in this morning. Who better than somebody who worked there at the Pentagon? Nice to see all 209 of you this morning. What's up? He might be dead, says David Dogspaw. Yeah, I saw these uh, these rumors online that he actually is dead. Does that mean he's got a body double? I have no idea. Uh, good morning to everybody tuning into the Wake Up America show. Two hundred seventy-five people all tuning in live, or is that or, or more? Perhaps it looks like we all two hundred ninety this morning. Yes. <laughs> Glad to have everybody here joining us this morning on the Wake Up America show. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. We'd love to earn your life. And of course, in please do subscribe to the channel if it's your very first time joining us here today. We've got lots of great guests, lots of great topics. But you know what? I typically like to start the show not with like the desperately sad topics, but I like to talk about the very fun and funny stuff. Somebody did a really good deep fake of not. I always want to say Carson Daly when I'm talking about the Ryan Seacrest. Stop it, Austin. <laughs> You know, for you know, Ryan Seacrest, not Carson Daly from Total Request Live, because that's from my generation. Ryan Seacrest hosting on the uh, Happy New Year event uh, in Times Square. Remember when he spoke to President Joe Biden? Somebody did a really good deep fake of it. It's got a little bit of harsh language here, but it's hilarious. If you if your eyes are not on the screen right now, you're gonna want to watch this. It's hilarious. Take a listen. Uh, FYI, this is fake. All deep Takes fake. Takes back okay. the White House, and we finally get rid of your dumbass. What's next for you? Are you going on? vacation or like some sort of retirement home? That's a great question. I already got offers from you know, a couple of adult diaper companies. I mean, I already use their diapers, so, so I might as well make some money using them. You know, Jill wants to put me in a home, but they don't allow showering with daughters and shit. So I'm not that excited about that option. I think we're just going to wait and see. So after. <laughs> Did you guys get all that? Uh, yeah, so not Carson Daly. Ryan Seacrest there talking to uh, to President Biden about <laughs> what he's going to do when Donald Trump finally puts him out, puts his butt out there in the cold. Ryan Gaycrest says, Eric J., what's up? 
Thanks so much for tuning in to the Wake Up America show. All right, let's talk about the news. Is this Ron DeSantis' last stand, or is he going to win it all? Let's hear from is the man Iowa himself. Do or die for you, Governor. We're going to win Iowa. Uh, I think it's going to help propel us to the nomination. A lot of time and investment into this state. If you don't outperform on Monday night, what then? Uh, I though I I kind of like having lower expectations. To be honest with you, I. Okay, well, you know, I know what it's like to be in a losing campaign when you're in the final stretch and everything seems to be, all the odds are against you. I know what you start to do. You rationalize, you justify your situation. Listen, I like Ron DeSantis, and I think he's one of the best governors that we have. He's definitely a conservative leader. I have some quibble, some quibbles with him on policies here or there. Just I have bones to pick with Donald Trump on policy here or there. But you know what? Both of those men are better than Nikki Haley. Can I get an amen? Uh, Urs Mami says, I'm sorry, I just cannot vote for DeSantis. I'm curious, for those of you who are in that camp, um, why? I, I'm, I'm actually really sincerely, uh, honestly curious about why you couldn't vote for DeSantis. I feel like I could vote for DeSantis. If DeSantis was the nominee of the Republican Party, I would definitely vote for him. But in the primary, I feel like the candidate who is the closest to what I believe is the candidate who's going to take sixth place or something like that. Vivek Ramaswamy. <laughs> I get for being a libertarian Republican. My candidates are just, they're always going to be at the back of the pack. But um, Urzbami says she likes him as governor. She's just not there with DeSantis for president of the United States. And I know what it's like. You're there at the end of the campaign. You want to say what you want to say. And you know, somebody who I have immense respect for is Thomas Massey. Can we give a round of applause for Thomas Massey? If Thomas Massey was running and he was in the primary i wouldn't care just like vivek ramaswamy i wouldn't care if he was in fourth or fifth place i would be behind thomas massey we got any thomas massey fans in there click like on the stream for thomas massey if you're a thomas massey fan well he was on cnn last night going to bat for the candidate that he's endorsed in this race let's hear what thomas massey had to say thank you so much for joining us right now you've, you've heard a number obviously of top republicans in in the house and beyond endorsing trump you're not taking that path and some yeah. would say it's the path less frequented. Um, is it a problem, do you think, in terms of your own political ambitions and career? Well, you know, um, I've been against the president before. During the CARES Act, I made everybody come back to Congress and vote. And he called up and was very not happy with me at that time. Called me a third-rate grandstander and said I should be thrown out of the party. Um, but Which I got 81% in that re-election. So I like to say, yeah, so Massey, you know, gets called out by Trump. So that's why I think Massey endorsed Ron DeSantis, because Trump has been, you know, has definitely sparred with Thomas Massey on things in the past. And you know what? When it, when it's Donald Trump versus Thomas Massey, I'm probably going to side with Thomas Massey. And I'm glad Thomas Massey got reelected. But I hope that Massey isn't supporting DeSantis over Trump just out of spite. But I get the impression that that might be what it is. I don't know. Let's continue. Antibodies. Uh, I've survived an attack, and now we're fully immune, I think. Um, but there's a has also endorsed you. Yeah, and then he turned around and endorsed me last time. So there's really no animosity there. I'm backing Governor DeSantis because I think he's the best candidate. And, you know, I'd like somebody who grew up in their 80s instead of somebody who's in their 80s to be president.
<laughs> not bad, Thomas. Not bad. The only problem with that, of course, is that as soon as the election, the primary election is over, everybody's going to get behind Donald Trump. So you got you do have to kind of be careful with what you say because you don't want to end up like Ted Cruz did in 2016 after all of those nasty words had been exchanged. And then you got that picture of Ted Cruz. He's like, oh, please vote for Trump. You know what I'm saying? Well, hi, I'm an 80s baby. But yeah, no, me well, thank too. You, I got to tell you. But listen, me too. Donald Trump, according to polls, is the real, true, I mean, by leaps and bounds, front runner. Zantis is not quite where he is. According to polling, they had not cast right. a vote yet. Do you have reservations and concerns about supporting Ron DeSantis over somebody who is thought to be someone who will secure the nomination? Well, I'd like an opponent who's overconfident. I've been on the ground. Uh, overconfident in that he thinks he's going to win Iowa, but also wants to lower his expectations. Uh, Two different weeks for Ron DeSantis, just recently, this last weekend. And on the ground in Iowa, it feels different than what the polls say. I mean, the support is organic. We had stops where there were only supposed to be 50 people and 200 people showed up. We didn't even have. Okay. Yeah. He's electioneering. Let's give it up for Thomas Massey. We do appreciate him. You know, despite, you know, and he's, listen, he's sticking to his cause and, and he thinks that he's the best candidate. You got to give it up for him. Uh, just because Thomas Massey endorses someone doesn't mean that I do. Uh, but I, th I got to give it up because I have respect for him. He's definitely in the top three when it comes to our House of Representatives in Washington, D.C. There was an interesting little town hall on Fox News last night where people got to get up and ask questions of Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. Uh, this gentleman got up and had an interesting question. Here's some of the best highlights. Take a listen. I believe when the Democrats vote for Biden, they're not voting for Biden, uh, but they're voting against Trump. And agreed. Let's give it up for that guy. It's true. Democrats are going to go very reluctantly into the polling place to vote for Joe Biden, if any of them do at all. Have you seen how much of the minority vote that uh, Joe Biden has been losing? I mean, blacks have like completely flipped on Trump. Uh, uh, Latinos have squeezed down a very tiny majority for Joe Biden. I wrote a piece that's coming out this week in Human Events about it. You guys will find very interesting. I'll share that with you in a minute. Let's let's continue on this town hall. And uh, the same thing. Um if they're uh, if they're uh, voting for Trump, then they're voting against Biden. And and the reason I asked Ron that question, uh, why he wasn't going after Trump, is because I look at Ron as the only candidate that can unite the country. Because because look at it, Trump gets elected, half the country is still going to be divided, and hopefully we don't. You know, they don't go to any. Well, speaking of divided, you, you do have a question for the guy. I mean, he may be right, right? It's possible that we see a repeat of 2020, that people crawl over broken glass to vote against Donald Trump and pull out all the stops to try and stop him this year, just like they did in 2024. It's not it's not an eventuality. Just because the situation is right after the election were held today, Donald Trump might win. Things can change very dramatically in the next six to eight, eight to nine months. I do have one. And uh, but I but I believe Ron can unite the country. We got to have somebody that we can all stand behind, Republican or Democrat. 
That's always, there's, a, there's always that one guy who doesn't ask a question. He just gets up there and gives a speech at all these events. You know what I'm saying? Uh, good morning to all of our friends. It looks like Rumble has chosen to bless us today with the front page. Thank you. This means that hundreds and hundreds of you are tuning in for the first time. You're like, who the hell is this guy? I'm Austin Peterson. I'm the host of the Wake Up America show, which you're watching or listening to live right now. And I'd love to have you come back and join us for our regular schedule, which is Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time on the show. Do me a favor and click like and subscribe to the channel that you're watching right now. So you'll have no problem finding us again tomorrow morning. We are at rumble.com slash AP for Liberty. Uh, if you can remember, it, but I know what happens. You're busy. You got a lifestyle. You got things going on, and I'm the least of your worries here. Well, if you just click that subscribe button, then tomorrow morning you can get some more great political content, terrific guests, five days a week. It's better than your conservative talk radio that you're listening to locally. It's better than the national news, which is going to lie to you. It's right here in your home, in the palm of your hands. It's the Wake Up America show with Austin Peterson. So do me a favor, click like and subscribe, so you'll be able to find us again tomorrow. This young lady had an interesting question. Take a listen. Well, it's nice to meet you. Um, former President Trump is still polling higher than any other candidate running for office. Why do you think it's so hard to gain traction among conservatives? Well, Melody, thank you for, for the question. Uh, I honestly think uh, Iowans have it within their power to, to upend all of that. Um, I think that, you know, there's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, the, the media loves just reporting polls constantly. Yes. Um, I can just tell you this about, about polls. Um, a year before the election of 1980, Ronald Reagan was losing to Jimmy Carter by 24 points. He won a massive landslide. My election in Florida, November 22, you know, I won the biggest Republican victory in the history of the state in a governor's race, 20 point victory. I had polls saying I was going to win by two, three or four points. They were way off. And so ultimately, it's the people that decide these, not the polls. I can tell you this. It's a good answer. Uh, but, I, you know, yesterday I did bring on Maxim Lott, the founder of the website electionbettingodds.com, which I highly recommend for you. And rather than being a traditional poll where you go out and you ask people a question and they can answer whatever they want, electionbettingodds.com is a website where it tracks people who are betting their own actual hard-earned cash. I tend to think that people are a little bit more careful when they're using their own money versus just answering a question that somebody, some pollster who's annoying them during dinner calls them and, and asks them tends to be a little bit more reliable, but I'll leave that up to you. Still, a good, a good response from Ron DeSantis. If Iowans come out um, and vote for me and, and caucus for me uh, in, in large numbers, like, like we're building the operation to do that, those national polls will change. Uh, you have the power to change those. And I would say this, um, if you're an Iowa conservative, who best represents your values of anybody running? I've delivered for conservatives more than anybody that's running. Of all the things I promised, I delivered on 100% of my promises. You talk about some of the big fights that we've been able to win in Florida. Illegal immigration, banning sanctuary cities, talking about eliminating things like ESG, which is a very pernicious thing that these corporations are doing. We eliminated DEI from our universities. We have now tenured professors in Florida must undergo review every five years, and we can terminate you for poor performance. So we're going in and we're winning these big fights on behalf of conservatives. And these these are things that Republicans have been talking about for years and years and years. And it's always people will run for office. They'll raise money off you. They'll get in. And then they don't end up turning around and delivering the results. 
got to give it up. You know, if you're like a, a rock solid, you know, Ted Cruz style conservative Republican, uh, I can see why Ron DeSantis is definitely a, a good candidate for you. So uh, you know, these are good things. Did you guys see that about some a bunch of protesters actually interrupted the event as well? This this clip is pretty funny. Watch this. you learn with these people right <laughs> it's kind of like you can like you can almost like hear the soybeans in their voice you know what i'm saying no oil money no oil money no oil money money buy soy latte all right all right well all right, you guys, all right that was a mistake you guys didn't get that one right okay so all right yeah this is dr Fred. here we go Dude, the funny thing is, is that Ron DeSantis, I mean, he is a killer, right? He served in the military. He was a JAG lawyer, but but uh, he could easily snap their necks at any point in time if he wanted to, right? It's very funny. <laughs> Eric J says, side cam is nice. Looking good, brother. Mm, thank you very much. I appreciate that, Eric J. Uh, for some reason, I want to say Eric July, but it can't be Eric July, can it? Can it? Is it? No way. I know Eric July is a busy man these days. Nikki Haley got caught in a lie. What else is new? Take a look. Governor DeSantis is hitting you for claiming the retirement age is, quote, way, way too low. He said, quote, I don't know why she's saying that. So are you saying that? Where do I you have stand never once said that. You sure about that? <laughs> you sure about that? 65 is way too low, and we need to increase that. We need to do it according to life expectancy. Governor DeSantis is... Okay, so we're talking about Social Security and raising the retirement age. I know for many of you, the topic is just... Please, no! Because here's the thing. When it comes to raising the, the retirement age of Social Security, it's probably a good idea, right? For those of you who are like me, you come from the liberty wing of the Republican Party. You don't even think that we should have Social Security. Now, that's not to say for all the boomers who are like grabtastic and are like... Paid in. Okay, yes. You should get the money that you paid in back, right? I completely, you know, completely and totally understand that. That is fair. But we should absolutely allow people to be able to opt out of Social Security. Now, in terms of raising the retirement age of Social Security, those are probably the hard decisions and the hard truths that nobody wants to hear that she's got the guts to say, which she probably shouldn't, shouldn't say because it doesn't help you get elected, does it? <laughs> You can't go on Fox News with all the super mega, like conservative mega boomers who want their social security. Keep your golden hands off off my social security, government hands off my social security, Medicare. And, you know, give it up. Nikki Haley did actually say well, probably what needs to be said. Do I believe in raising retirement age? I don't know. Maybe. But I at least admire somebody that is willing to say, hey, we got to do something to reform the system or we're not going to be able to pay out senior citizens who paid into the program because it's going bankrupt, right? These are the hard decisions, the tough decisions that somebody who's in charge actually has to make. So she said it was at some point, but of course, when she gets on conservative talk radio like this or conservative talk television, she knows that she's got to lie. So she lied, she got caught in it. And it's funny how the Ron DeSantis people called it out with a very Governor excellent Governor DeSantis meeting. is hitting you for claiming the retirement age is quote, way, way too low. He said, quote, I don't know why she's saying that. So are you saying that? Where do I you have stand never on that? once said that. You sure? 
Okay, so, you know, I have never once said that. So obviously that's not true, right? So Governor DeSantis, the problem with Governor DeSantis, which makes me not happy, not that Donald Trump is necessarily going, to, necessarily going to be any better on this one, is that none of them have the guts to say what Nikki Haley has to say, and Ron DeSantis is essentially attacking her from the left, right? He's essentially saying, you are going to raise the age, you want to raise the age for people to collect their Social Security benefits. And I get it, it's not an entitlement program. Social Security is not entitlement. It's more like a Ponzi scheme, as we all know. We all hate Social Security. Boo, boo, boo. Urge uh, Mommy loves the guy popping up. Yes, it's an excellent meme. Did she actually why say she's saying that? So are you saying that? Where do I you have stand never on that? once said that. You sure about that? You sure about that? 65 is way too low, and we need to increase that. We need to do it according to life expectancy. Governor. Now, where did she say that? It looks like she said that on Bloomberg.com. Very funny. Good job catching her on that, DeSantis people. Oh, and I love Urz Mommy said earlier she doesn't watch network TV. Well, I pull all the best or slash worst clips from it so that you don't have to. What will happen if Donald Trump is elected, says Whoopi Goldberg? I'm sorry. What's interesting for me is that okay, people's Whoopi? faith in the country is waning. Yes. That's, the, yes. that's the thing that's yes. pissing me off because, in fact— there's a reason Joe Biden ran the way he did. There's a reason he's running for democracy now, because that's really what's at stake. You worried that it you is. can't pay your bill? Wait till he, the other guy becomes president, and you won't have to worry about it because you'll be in some camp somewhere, because that's his promise. His promise. I'm gonna put you, Donald Trump's going to put you in camps. There you go, guys. He's going to put us all in camps. I mean... <laughs> Uh, good morning. Welcome to the Wake Up America show. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. We're glad and thankful to have you here. Over 1,100 people watching us live. Thank you, Shiva. Uh, oh, we are grateful for the one God who unites us all. I'm glad to be an American. Good morning. Uh, thank you for joining us here. Welcome to the Wake Up America show. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. A little bit of a goofball here. We like to do the news and politics and news talk with a little bit of fun and a little bit of funny and a little bit of coffee. So don't forget to check out our shop, AP4LibertyShop.com, where we serve delicious founding flavors coffee. Somebody said yesterday that Stephanie and I need to start a brick and mortar store. How about a brick and mortar coffee shop with founding? flavors coffee what do you guys think would that be cool Steffi can serve coffee and crumpets. That would be totally delicious. I also have to shout out a big thank you to our new sponsor over at quickrxstore.com. Give it up, quickrxstore, for all your ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine needs. You can get 10% off your ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine exclusively here through our channel. You can find their link to the store uh, either in the chat where I'm dropping it right now, or you can go see it in the description over on our Rumble channel. Get ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine at quickrxstore.com. Use the code SAVE10, that's the number 10, 10, SAVE10, to get 10% off. All right, I'm going to go get Cliff Maloney. We're going to talk a little bit more about what's happening in Iowa and whether or not Donald Trump is going to put us all in camps. Go grab a cup of coffee, maybe a little bit of toast. Don't go away. I'll be right back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good on day one and he's going to force people. Interesting. Isn't there a bit of irony there from the left? It's like they didn't even go through the same pandemic over the last few years that we all went through. Are they living in the same planet as us? It certainly doesn't seem so. Good morning. I'm the host of the Wake Up America show, Austin Peterson. We're glad and grateful to have you here. What an awesome audience. 
I can't remember the last time I played for an audience of 1,300 people live. It's been a few years for sure. Now I get to do it every day, five days a week, the Wake Up America show streams live. I bring to you the absolute best content, the best clips, and of course, the best guests. One of the biggest and best freedom fighters in the entire country joining us live right now. He's a fellow Missourian as well, former Ron Paul and Rand Paul staffer. His name is Cliff Maloney. Good morning, Cliff Maloney. Everybody click like and say hi to Cliff. What's up, Cliff? How you doing, brother? I'm great, Austin. Thanks for having me today. Dealing with some snow, so I hope the connection stays strong, but it's uh, it's great to be with you. Yeah, we're all doing our best here this morning. My dad called me at like 4.30 a.m. and said, hey, be careful out there, you know, black ice, you're going to total your car. So definitely, if you have to commute like I did this morning to get into the studio, make sure you drive nice and slow. Are you in Missouri right now, Cliff, or? I, I am. I'm in Sedalia. I feel like we got about a foot of snow on the ground here. It's been pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah, we we got a little bit of that as well uh, yesterday here in Jefferson City. Cliff, I just played a clip of uh, of Whoopi Goldberg on The View. You probably didn't get a chance to hear it or see it, but I was just laughing because she says, if Donald Trump becomes president of the United States, he's going to force us all to do things. He's going to force us all into camps. Your reaction? My reaction is it's the same exact script that they used, you know, both in 2020 and 2016. And I honestly don't think the left has learned their lesson that by pushing this narrative that he is such an extremist, that he is such a dictator, I think they're losing, you know, suburban and middle class America. I mean, it's it's a it's a voting block that they completely locked up in 2020 uh, somehow. But I think that the continuous narrative that if we elect Donald Trump, the world will, will end. I just think, I think a lot of the middle of the road voters are tired of it. And I think they're gonna see it come back and spank them in 2024 because people are just tired of that continuous narrative from especially the rich and the elites that if we elect Donald Trump again, things will be horrible. People think about the economy. They think about the, the kitchen table issues. As much as us ideologues want it to be about the constitution and the principles, of free markets and liberty, most people remember times under Donald Trump. And guess what? Quality of life, cost of living, across the board, things were better. And so the fact that Democrats are doubling down on Trump being a dictator shows me it's the only move they know how to play. Completely agree. Now, Cliff, I don't have Trump derangement syndrome. I have policy differences with Donald Trump. There are things that he says sometimes where I'm like, whoa, where is that coming from? Completely out of left field. Don't agree with him on some things. Still definitely improvement over things that we've seen in our, at least presidents that we've seen in our lifetime. He destroyed the neocons, which you, both you and I know we could have, I mean, we couldn't have done that on our own. We were trying for years to bring down the neocons. Donald Trump did what we always wanted to do. Bravo for that, right? A strong economy, we had, uh, you know, regulations were getting slashed left and right. He signed the First Step Act, which, ironically, conservatives are now attacking him over. And he signed the Right to Try Act, right? He signed the, so these are these are conservative and libertarian wins, I would even say, that Donald Trump advanced, which is why, even with any, you know, with a hint of trepidation, I'm going into the polls next year and voting for Donald Trump. However, or this year and voting for Donald Trump. However, he's still got a primary to get through. Is it all smoke and mirrors at this point? I mean, is this is Iowa Ron DeSantis's last stand, I guess, is what I'm really trying to ask here, Cliff? I think what happens is you go into Iowa and everybody's looking to outperform, right? And the problem that Ron DeSantis has right now 
is there's an expectation that Ron DeSantis comes in second. And for Nikki Haley, there's an expectation she comes in third. And out of all the candidates, maybe Vivek, and I would throw into that mix as well, it's probably likely uh, that they will finish second or third. So you don't want to be in Ron DeSantis' shoes because, you know, if you finish in second, well, that's what you were supposed to do, right? So everybody comes into this. You know, I spent six months on the ground in the last competitive Republican caucus, obviously working for Rand Paul. And you learn so many things about how these processes work. The problem is there are always two primaries. So if you're an Iowa voter, before you go in the caucus, in your head you're thinking, not who am I going to caucus for? First you think, who can win? And then once you've decided in your head who are the potential winners, then you pick one of those winners. And so what Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, and Vivek are fighting for right now is they want to be in that camp that voters say they could win. But it's tough when you get to the end because it's so easy. This is why third-party candidates always flame out because at the end, voters are going to pick somebody, not that they most align with, but who most aligns with them that can also win. So as we're going through these final uh, stages of the caucus and then heading to New Hampshire for the first in the nation primary, that's what they're battling is to prove viability and then once they finish, wherever they finish, they've got to be able to spin that narrative to say that they're, as we like to always put it, surging, right? Every campaign's looking for that headline, but they're going to have trouble getting all of the folks to, to get out of the race so that there's enough support. So to answer your question bluntly, Donald Trump, if you're Ron DeSantis, you're sitting there trying to strategize, Trump has to finish under 50 and DeSantis has to score twice as much as Nikki Haley. That's what has to happen for Ron DeSantis to have the surge or at least the talking point to take his campaign to the next level. This is good stuff. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, good morning. <clears throat> nice to see all 1,487 of your bright, shining, smiling faces. Thank you to Rumble.com for your support of the Wake Up America show. We stand for economic freedom and personal liberty on this program. So if that's what you're all about, why don't you click like and subscribe to the channel that you're watching so you can come back and join us. We stream this show live every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. We've got a great cast of regular freedom fighters and pinch hitters like Cliff Maloney who come in and join us every once in a while to tell us how it is. And we appreciate him joining us live this morning. He's a former Ron Paul and Rand Paul staffer. He's a liberty activist and he's out there uh, <clears throat> fighting for your freedom, yours and mine. Uh, Cliff. How does how did Donald Trump become such an unstoppable force? Nobody, I think nobody can deny that he de he definitely has some negatives. But how has he managed to you know, capture the Republican Party uh, in so mightily? Is it that the left has made him a martyr? What is it? I would say there's two major things that have led to the rise of Donald Trump and kind of him being the voice of the Republican Party. The first thing is the guy understands the name ID game and he understands how to make sure that the sound bites are out there and that people can not only hear them, but in a world where most folks are, you know, I'd say focused on paying their mortgage, right? Putting food on the table, taking their kids to soccer or football practice. He understands how to penetrate to drive his name ID up. And I always say that's difficult. You know, a lot of candidates don't realize it's not that everybody's analyzing the full platform of each candidate, right? First, you've got to at least be in their head as a name. You have to have name ID. And then they're going to decide amongst those that they've heard of. And since 2015, 
leading up to the 2016 race, I mean, Donald Trump has just killed it in the name ID game and talking to normal people, talking, not talking down to people, but talking in terms that aren't wonky, that aren't policy-based, but that are just connecting with people with where they're at. You pair that, Austin, with how the left reacts and treats him, and of course he'd become a dissident. Of course he becomes somebody that represents how blue-collar, working-class Americans feel against a system that has screwed them for years. Look at what they've done to our dollar. Look at what they've done to our sons and daughters fighting these foreign wars. Look at what they've done to so many things to hurt working-class Americans, and Trump represents the pushback against that. But you have to blame the left because they've created that narrative and they've perpetuated him as the monster, as the devil for the past eight years that people are just sick of it. And so it's hard for anybody to get past that on the right because he has represented such a force to push back against the corrupt Democrats. No doubt. Um, one of our listeners, Robbie Thurman, texted in this morning or he dropped a, a comment <clears throat> in the Rumble chat. And he said that under the Trump tax cuts, it, it increased his paycheck by almost two thousand. Uh, excuse me, two hundred dollars a week. Uh, Eric Dondero says that uh, my taxes under Obama were six thousand dollars a year. Trump cut my taxes. He got a rebate of one hundred and seventy-eight bucks. That's amazing. Erz mommy says her quarterly taxes now are sixty-seven thousand dollars. And I know this year it's going to be a lot worse. Or mommy, what what do you do for a living? I need to, <laughs> I need to get into her industry. Andy, Opperman. you take an applications? Yeah, exactly. Erz <laughs> mommy, we'd like to work for you. Andy Opperman uh, dropped ten dollars in the tip jar. Thank you, Andy. He said Trump was able to capture the Republican Party because we've had three generations of Republicans who have folded and failed again and again. I think that really is it too, Cliff. Mm -hmm. He actually fought the left. He didn't like turn around and immediately cave to them. There were some things that he did, like not prosecuting Hillary, which was probably a mistake in hindsight. He probably should have gone ahead and do that because they're trying to do that to him. But at the end of the day, you're right. I think, you know, working class, blue collar voters, people like Eric Dondero, people like my buddy Robbie Theremin and others, they don't care about all of this highfalutin policy, nonsense, garbage talk. They want to see real substantive cuts to their taxes. They want to see changes to their lives that a president can actually enact. And that's what's going to drive voters to the poll. Joe Biden, I, the situation he's in right now, he doesn't want the election to be held today. But I mean, a lot can change between now and this fall. I mean, you know Republicans are masters of the art of defying the odds and snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, Cliff. What do Republicans have to do between now and November? Our House candidates, our members of the House of Representatives, our senators, what do Republicans have that aren't Trump, what do they have to do to maybe ride his coattails a little bit and, and also just not screw up this opportunity that seems to be landing in our lap? Three things I have for you. One, Bidenomics. We got to pray to God that Joe Biden is on the ballot, okay? Because I yes. just think people don't realize that that's the biggest variable and the biggest curveball that I'm actually surprised at this point Democrats haven't made the move. And, and I just, maybe they're just going to stick with their guy. But at the end of the day, that would be the biggest thing that would shake up this election is if you change the top of the ticket. People say, well, is Trump going to be the nominee? A bigger question to me is, is Biden going to be the guy? That's the first thing you should keep your eye on. The second thing to look at is messaging, right? I think Republicans have to figure out 
how they bring the, the, the talking point or the topic of the economy, quality of life, and inflation, and they're able to make that the driving issue above abortion, right? You can look at state after state, plenty of swing states, where abortion is the thing that Democrats are just tripling down on. This war on women, that is the issue that they're running on. Republicans don't believe in reproductive rights. That's the message that Democrats are driving. Republicans, I'm not saying they have to change their message, right? I'm not here to say that. I'm just saying they have to figure out a way to get their message of the economy and bringing our inflation under control so that cost of living is not this crazy Bidenomics. They have to figure out a way to message that. The third thing is in these states, and you know I'm going to plug here for Pennsylvania, the third thing is they've got to figure out how to match Democrats when it comes to ballot chasing, ballot harvesting. You've got to match the Democrats at their own game. We've got to stop saying that if we participate in mail-in ballots, we're giving them more of a chance of fraud. If there's going to be fraud, they're going to take it. I don't want to hear that talking point anymore. But if we really want to do the hard work, You've got to double down. We're doing this in Pennsylvania. It's called the PHH. You can go to phh.com. We're going to pound on 500,000 doors to collect these mail-in ballots. And I'll give you the metrics. Democrats typically finish with 80% of the mail-in ballot compared to Republicans at 20. We're endorsing Liberty Republicans only. And we think that through our work of actually doing ballot chasing, we can go from 20% statewide to 33% for Republicans. You do that. Once again, I'm focused on Liberty Republicans. You do that, and Pennsylvania becomes extremely competitive. But we have to match the Democrats and play by the new set of rules rather than just complaining about how the rules were changed during COVID. Great stuff. We love it from Cliff Maloney, who's joining us live right now. Cliff Maloney is joining us here live as a former Ron Paul and Rand Paul staffer. He's uh, working on a big project out in Pennsylvania. Give us a few more details about this, Cliff. You kind of just give us a surface level details, but what are you really trying to accomplish in Pennsylvania, the Keystone State, and definitely a big Keystone when it comes to winning the, uh, the presidential election as a swing state? What are you trying to accomplish out there, really? So we have a group in the state called Citizens Alliance of Pennsylvania, or CAP, and for a couple cycles now I've been involved, and what we do is we try to identify liberty candidates, both at the state house and state senate level, and we endorse them. But here's the problem, Austin. Winning a primary against a rhino Republican, oh, yeah, we'll have plenty of fun doing that. We took out two 30-year incumbents, the most powerful people in Pennsylvania, in the Republican primary last cycle. But here's the problem. You get to the general election, and districts that used to be slam dunks for Republicans— are now competitive or we're losing them because the state and the federal GOP, the national GOP, have completely failed to match the Democrats at their own game. And so our entire objective is to continue to endorse liberty candidates, but we have to react to our environment. We have to react to the failures of the party and step up. I like solutions, right? I want to get the job done. I don't want to complain about it. So we've got an app we're launching called the Pennsylvania Chase, we're going to be partnering with Turning Point and some of the tech that they've put together that's just phenomenal. I'll give them so much credit for that. And we're going to bang on 500,000 doors in these Liberty Republican districts to once again take it not from 20%, but to get that 20% number for Republican mail-in ballots up to 33%. And I really do think it's hard work. Nobody wants to do it. 
but this is the game that we play in. Okay. Like I, I really believe in a ground game, as you know, knocked over 6 million doors across the country. And what I'm trying to do now is harness that into a state that I feel needs the most attention to help our Liberty Republicans. And also what's going to happen, the byproduct of this Trump and probably Dave McCormick, the Senate candidate are now going to have a viable shot at flipping Pennsylvania red. So it's a win-win across the board. That's why it's called the PHAs. You love to see it. Cliff Maloney joining us live right now from Sedalia, the frigid wasteland in Missouri. <laughs> uh, Cliff, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners before we let you go today? Yeah, just last thing. Follow me on Twitter uh, at Cliff Maloney Jr. And like I said, PAChase.com. We're looking for people to sponsor a Liberty Ballot Chaser. Rest assured, we are not going to be helping rhinos. We're going to be doubling down on Liberty candidates. We've got to do the hard work to beat the left but to also beat the rhinos to make Liberty actually win. There you go, Cliff Maloney. He is a Liberty activist and one of the foremost freedom fighters in the country. Let's give it up for Cliff Maloney. Cliff, great big audience out there. They seem to really love you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Have a wonderful day. All right, see you now. Take care. Thank you very much. Nice to see so many faces and names joining us live. If you're enjoying this content this morning, then definitely you're going to want to hit that subscribe button here at rumble.com. We have to say thank you to rumble.com for featuring us here front and center, because without them, this audience wouldn't be possible. For those of you who don't know, I'm Austin Peterson, and this is the Wake Up America show. It's a two-hour Monday through Friday, liberty-leaning talk show where we have awesome guests, awesome content, some of the best clips available out there in Liberty Talk. If you're listening to Conservative Talk Radio in this morning, it's time to turn it off and tune in to us every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. I will be your host and to help talk you through all of the fun stuff that's happening around the world, the scary stuff, the sad stuff, the dramatic stuff, the political stuff, and sometimes even the gossip and the silly stuff. We have a lot of fun here on the show. We've got lots of great regular guests especially my smoking hot redheaded libertarian wife, Stephanie Peterson, who helps me run this business. And very briefly, just so you know, the way that this business operates is that we have this Wake Up America show talk show. We also have our own AP for Liberty Shops where you can get awesome patriotic merchandise. Some of you might know the story of the famous or the infamous Marvin Heemeyer's Killdozer. Have you guys ever heard the story of the Killdozer? For those of you who already do, we have some awesome merch over at ap4libertyshop.com. That's AP, the number four. Some of you might have heard of the thunder from down under. No, not that thunder, down under, not Australia, but afuera, Javier Malay, the libertarian president of Argentina, who I'm a huge fan of. We created a whole line of awesome merch for Javier Malay. And I gotta say that some people, if they approach you and they're like, hey, nice Che Guevara shirt, you can be no, like, no, God, God. afuera. No, God, please, no, no. We need no, to have kids wearing no. the Javier Malay iconography and get rid of those Che Guevara shirts, am I right? A lot of these items that you see at AP for Liberty Shop are designed by me or they're designed by my wife. And you can find our Liberty Retro Electric AK-47 Aloha shirt available, quite a name, right? Uh, exclusively at AP4LibertyShop.com. That's AP, the number four. It's very retro along with the theme of this show. You can find this, I designed this, the little pink, um, dots that you can see right now, which is kind of hard to see on the screen, uh, are AK-47s that you can see. So it's very cool. People really love it. Go to a party, show up with the electric Aloha shirt, 
can get that exclusively at ap4libertyshop.com. I know many of you are very much like me. You're very patriotic. You can get ex uh, awesome custom metal signs for your barn, for your uh, for your house, for your outhouse. Uh, you can customize awesome signs like the this one says Delta Squad, but it can say whatever you want. You can also choose whichever rifle you want. It doesn't have to be a, a, a SCAR. It can be an AK-47, an AR-15, sniper rifles, Russian sniper rifles, all sorts of awesome customizable signs, including 1776 signs, bald eagles, uh, flag crosses, and things like that. Patriotic merchandise with a twist, lots of funny. So if you're a conservative, but you like to drink a little, or you consider yourself to be a rock and roll Republican, um, you know, you love Jesus, but you drink a little, you know, <laughs> then apforlibertyshop.com is the store for you. Check it out at AP, the number four, apforlibertyshop.com. And of course, check out our, all of our awesome, beautiful, delicious coffees based on the founding flavors. Again, at AP, the number four, apforlibertyshop.com. We've got lots more content to go. Judge Andrew Napolitano is gonna be joining us here in just five minutes. I'm all very excited about that. We're gonna to talk to Judge Napolitano a little bit about the, the immunity claims that he's seeking for uh, the, in his criminal trials. Uh, Donald Trump, uh, the Supreme Court apparently has declined to fast track the Trump immunity case. You know, January 6th still kind of looms large over the 2024 election. Uh, the high court's denial of a request from special counsel Jack Smith uh, that it bypass a lower appeals court increases the chances that the former president's trial on charges that he interfered with the election will be delayed beyond the March 4th start date. So Trump's lawyers have been trying to push back the trial so far without any success. We're gonna talk about that with Judge Andrew Napolitano in a little bit less than five minutes from now. Um, but the left, of course, uh, they wanna talk about January 6th every day. I like this, this comment that I heard from Kellyanne Conway where she was on Fox News the other day, and she says that everyday liberals wake up and their clock, their iPhone is set to January 6th, and their alarm goes off and it's time for them to go have an abortion. <laughs> they get in their electric car and they go get an abortion. <laughs> Very funny stuff. Uh, I played that clip like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Judge Andrew Napolitano coming up next. We're gonna talk a little bit about this Trump immunity charges. We need a lawyer. How about even better than a lawyer? A judge, former Jersey Circuit Court Judge Andrew Napolitano joining us live in less than five. Don't go away. We'll be right back on The Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. Commercials are a great time to go shopping at the store, don't you think? Good morning, friends. Rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to The Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. Thousands of people watching us live. What is this, a rock concert? It's a political news talk show. Grateful to have you all here this morning. Thank you very much for supporting the ideas of economic freedom and personal liberty. That's what we're all about here on the show. For many of you, it might be the very first time that you're watching us. So don't forget to click like and subscribe. I know we got a lot of busy parents out there. Maybe their kids have a school day today and they're getting them all bundled up to go outside and you might forget to click subscribe on that channel so you wouldn't be able to find us tomorrow, and that'd be a total shame. We'd love to make your acquaintance, make some friends. So click like and subscribe right now before you forget so we can see you again here tomorrow morning. We do stream the show live every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time on the Wake Up America show. We bring you the best content, the best, best topics, the best clips, and of course, the absolute best guests. Everybody loves 
Wednesdays. Do you know why? Because my regular guest, Judge Andrew Napolitano, brings the heat with the best in freedom fighting in the world. One of the leading liberty activists out there and a close personal friend of mine, Judge Andrew Napolitano, is the host of the Judging Freedom podcast. So if you can't get enough from the Wake Up America show, I highly recommend and endorse Judging Freedom, which you can download on any of your mobile devices. His YouTube channel has been taken off like gangbusters. I think he had a quarter of a million subscribers. You know what? Let's just hear it from his, his mouth. You guys want to hear him anyway. <laughs> Good morning, Judge. How you doing, sir? Oh, I'm great. Thank you for that uh, happy, uh, effervescent, and flattering introduction. Judge, you did uh, I do my best to... Uh, I do my best to stand up for the primacy of the individual over the government. And yes, we are dear, wonderful, lifelong friends. And that gives me joy every time I think about it. Judge, did you, you passed a quarter of a million, I think, YouTube subscribers? Uh, 262,000 uh, right now. Yes. Yes. Um, people are interested in our, just like yours, maximum individual liberty, minimum government peace agenda. I mean, lately I've been focusing on war and peace and genocide, and people don't get this uh, anywhere else. Uh, the, the commenters are deeply flattering about, Judge, you could never have gotten away with this on Fox for 24 years, and they're probably right. It's true, Judge. and We can only have these kinds of conversations between ourselves on this kind of a platform. And I know people really, they, they tune in specifically to hear what you and I have to say about things like this. I'd like to talk to you about uh, this legal hot water that Donald Trump is in. I'm reading in the Wall Street Journal from uh, last week, talking about how the Supreme Court had declined to fast track this decision about whether or not Donald Trump is immune from prosecution. He's getting this question that's trending on Twitter this morning about whether he could murder his political opponents with SEAL Team 6. What is this all about? Okay, so... Um... The issue yesterday was whether or not uh, a former president, any former president, is immune from criminal prosecution for acts engaged in or not engaged in while president of the United States. The general rule is no. The general rule goes back to the uh, Nixon era when Gerald Ford pardoned Richard, Richard Nixon and didn't just pull the pardon out of the hat. Uh, he ordered the... Um, uh, this is interesting. He ordered the Office of Legal Counsel of the Department of Justice to give him a legal opinion on whether or not a former president could be prosecuted for something he did as president. Who signed that opinion? A young lawyer named Antonin Scalia. And that opinion, the short answer was yes. And since that time, the government has taken the position and the courts have adopted that position. Yes, a former president can be charged. If it's a crime, a true crime, and if the crime was outside the scope uh, of his behavior as president, Trump is indicted for attempting to disrupt the transfer of power from himself to Joe Biden. The government says that's outside the scope of the office of president. That's just an effort to hang on to power. Trump says, no, that's within my, the scope of my behavior as president. The trial court sided with the government, and yesterday was the oral argument in the appellate court. When Trump appealed the trial court's decision, the government took that appeal and sent it directly to the Supreme Court under a rule that allows you to do that. 
And the Supreme Court said, no, we're not going to hear this unless and until it's right. Right now, it's in the appellate court. The appellate court took it and fast-tracked it and held the hearing yesterday. Why did that hearing uh, make such news? Normally, uh, this is just an esoteric, uh, a hypothetical topic. Well, two reasons. One is the defendant is the former president, who was the leading Republican candidate for renomination, and whom the polls show would probably beat Joe Biden if the election were today. Two is because his lawyers dropped the ball by making an absurd argument by taking their defense of Donald Trump to the extreme. My guess is some of the things I'm now going to tell you their lawyers, his lawyer said yesterday, Donald Trump told them to say. So during the course of the oral argument, the court was informed that Donald Trump is the leading Republican candidate for president, irrelevant, uh, that he's beating Joe Biden in the polls, irrelevant, uh, and that immunity is so broad that he could order SEAL Team 6, in a hypothetical, to execute a political opponent and he'd be while president, and he'd be immune from prosecution after he left office. That is not the law. And making an argument like that, pushing your argument to extremes, hurts you with the court, and in this case, devastates you with the public. This lawyer is the object of so much professional derision this morning because of the extreme nature uh, of that argument. This is an example of a lawyer allowing his client, a non-lawyer, to tell him what kind of an argument to make because the client wanted to hear the argument. And indeed, the client, as is rarely the case for Trump, was in the courtroom when the argument uh, was made. So that back and forth where a judge just said, let me take a hypothetical. You say the president has, the former president has absolute immunity. Suppose he ordered SEAL Team 6 to kill somebody while he was in the White House, would he still have immunity? Hemming, hawing, hemming, hawing. Give me a yes or no answer. Hemming, hawing, hemmer, hawing. Give me a yes or no answer. My answer is a qualified yes. Um, now, if that courtroom had been filled with people, they would have roared at that point because it's absurd. But there was nobody in the courtroom but the lawyers and Trump and one or two pool uh, reporters. So that's the brouhaha this morning. Trump will lose this uh, argument. The question is, will the trial go forward in two months in the middle of March, or will uh, Trump's appeal be taken up of this, uh, uh, be taken up by the Supreme Court? I don't know the answer to that. This is quite a mess. And we've been talking about this as a constitutional crisis, which just seems to be hurtling forward. The fact that Donald Trump is quite likely to become the Republican presidential nominee while facing these charges and is likely to lose some of these cases, whether through merit or not, it, it sets the United States on a course that could lead to violence. I mean, this is a political well, question here, Donald Trump. It, it, the, is, it is a collision course. There's no question about it. You know, I um, do work for Newsmax, and I was on Newsmax last night right after uh, Donald Trump Jr. And I, I try not to get into the political uh, side of things, but uh, it is clear uh, that the Trump campaign, uh, the, the, the Trump senior people and the former president himself share your view, Austin, uh, of the likelihood of a coming constitutional crisis. Um, I, I just don't know uh, how how any of this ends up. Like most people, I hope it is not 
uh, Trump against Biden. I hope that there are better choices for us and maybe some surprises are coming. But right now, uh, it looks like a collision course is coming. The uh, Justice Department believes it has two very, very strong cases against him and that if they can proceed to prosecution, they will get uh, guilty verdicts and that will disable him uh, from uh, becoming president. Trump honestly believes that he has done uh, nothing wrong and that this is a cabal by the same deep state crowd that tried to undermine him uh, during his years uh, in the White House uh, and that the people should decide who the president will be. It's hard to, it's hard to say who's right. The, the uh, allegations against Trump are serious, profound, and well-grounded. Um, and, and Trump's um, uh, dance with the truth is not always a commendable one. Uh, there's no question in my mind that Trump honestly believes he didn't do anything wrong. That doesn't mean he won't be found guilty. Judge, what about this case in Georgia where we come to find out that the prosecutor who was assigned was assigned by a person who they had an intimate relationship with in which they were paid upwards of a million dollars to take this case. Do you think that that puts the prosecution's case in jeopardy at all there? No, I think it puts the prosecutor in jeopardy. Uh, if true, she has not replied to these allegations yet. She's not required to reply until tomorrow, but the allegations are that the prosecutor of Fulton County, uh, Fonnie Willis, uh, who orchestrated the uh, indictment of Donald Trump and 18 others, uh, hired an outside law firm to be the chief prosecutor because of the consumption of time and limited uh, resources, paid that outside law firm about $650,000 to do all the work they've done up to this point. So far, no harm, uh, no foul. But now, according to these allegations, the a partner in that law firm who's actually doing the work, A, has no experience in criminal prosecution, and B, is, uh, though married, uh, the lover of Fonnie Willis, and C, uh, took her on vacations. Now, let's say with the money the law firm was paid. Well, money is fungible, and it wasn't paid to him. It was paid to his law firm. I get that. I get that. However, if she derived... Uh, personal benefit from this relationship, she will be removed from the case against her will and uh, perhaps even suspended from the uh, practice of law. Uh, but that will not affect the integrity of the case. This has nothing to do with the allegations against the former president. Of course, he'd like to see the whole case thrown out. A prosecutorial misconduct only results uh, in a dismissal of the case when it goes to the heart of the case, like holding back exculpatory uh, evidence or getting a, bribing a witness to lie. Uh, but the personal misdeeds uh, of the prosecutor rarely results in an exoneration uh, of the defendant. Now, now Judge, you have said in, on this show in the past that you believe that if Donald Trump does receive a conviction, and then wins the presidency that you believe the Supreme Court would be highly likely to put a stay on his any jail time if he were if he were uh, to, you know, to be ordered to serve it until after he were president. Do you still hold to that? I do. But uh, Austin, there's no case law on this and there's no uh, there's just value judgments that I'm making from my uh, understanding of the of the understanding of the Constitution by the Supreme Court. 
and the value judgment would be if he is lawfully elected by the public, uh, that is a higher right uh, to the nation than the right of the state of Georgia to incarcerate him. And so the incarceration would be on hold. It wouldn't be wouldn't go away forever. It would be on hold uh, during his years uh, as president. The same uh, would be the case in the federal system, although if he became president, I'm sure he would try this. Again, this has never been done before. He would pardon himself. <laughs> well, you know, you started out you started out the show by saying this is a mess. It is a constitutional mess. It is also virgin territory. These issues. Can the president uh pardon uh himself? Uh can uh can he uh be immune from the commission of a crime while in office? These things have never directly uh been ruled on uh by uh by the courts. Can a federal court interfere with a state prosecution because the defendant is the president-elect of the United States. Again, this is all, uh, this is all very uh, novel. Uh, the Republicans could save us from this mess if they nominate somebody else. The country could save us from this mess if they elect somebody else. Neither seems likely at this point. There is an argument, Judge, from a wing of the liberty movement. They call themselves—have you ever heard of this term? Collapsitarians? No. Okay. Uh, what is that? <laughs> These are people who want to hasten the the collapse of society in order to it by therefore by speeding it up that it leads to the dissolution of the American Republic and the breakup of the many states into sovereign republics. They're collapsitarians, libertarians who are actively working for you. You've heard of the term cloward piven, I'm sure. I'm sure, certainly you uh, have. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I, I share the views of these collapsitarians. I never heard the uh, phrase. Uh, I don't think I'll be around for this, but your grandchildren, I believe, will see the collapse of the uh, federal government just from its own weight, like a dinosaur. It won't be able to pay its bills. Nobody will loan its money, uh, uh, loan it money, its cash uh, will be worthless. Nobody will work for it, and we'll split apart into uh, separate republics. This is fun stuff. I'm sure the audience is loving it. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff they tune in on Wednesdays for with the judge. Uh, I'm speaking to Judge Andrew Napolitano here. Good morning. Welcome to the Wake Up America show. We're thankful for all of the thousands of people who are tuned in watching us live this morning, and we're grateful to Rumble.com for supporting this show. Uh, and thank you very much for clicking like and subscribing to the channel. We are getting a lot of great comments this morning. People, uh, People's families are tuning in this morning. Ashley, Dave, baby Katie, and Billy, their entire family are tuned in this morning and watching the show. We're grateful. They're definitely going to learn a lot this morning from my current guest, Judge Andrew Napolitano, who joins us every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Central Time here on the Wake Up America show. And thank you to Urz Mommy, our friend over at Rumble.com, for purchasing one of our awesome patriotic metal signs from the shop. We're grateful for that as well. Uh, Judge, so is it the supremacy clause of the Constitution that the Supreme Court would hinge their ruling on in order to state that if Trump is convicted and serves jail time, that the needs of the nation outweigh the needs of the state, the nation to have a president versus the state to incarcerate him? Is is that what would be invoked, likely? Probably. I mean, the Supremacy Clause says that uh, this Constitution and, and, and all laws written pursuant to it and all treaties 
enacted under its authority are and shall be the supreme law of the land. I mean, that basically uh, says that something in a state constitution or a state law that conflicts with the federal would defer to the federal. Now, there are limits to that because there are areas where the feds have theoretically no jurisdiction whatsoever and where there is a conflict, the state law would uh, would trump, let's say, for example, speed limits on highways. Um, the feds sometimes get around those things by bribing the state. We want to lower the speed limit to uh, 55, we'll repave uh, the highways in your state. That, that's a real uh, case. South Dakota sued and said, no, we'll take the cash, but we don't have speed limits in South Dakota, so we're not going to lower. There's nothing to lower them. And the Supreme Court said, you want the cash, you accept the strength. So that's the way Congress gets around that. But generally, you're right. It would be the supremacy clause. Value judgment. Uh, the state of Georgia cannot interfere with uh, a popular election amongst all the other 49 states. Judge, um, you know, I know you're not as into the political side of things as you are the legal side of things. And for that, we're very grateful because you're very much like so many of the libertarian leaders and you're steeped in the ideas of liberty from a legal perspective. But I do value your opinion on the political side of things. In terms of what the Republican Party has become, would you say that, would you argue that, you know, despite the problems of the populist Republican movement that is so very anti-free market economics to a large degree, that it is a step up away from the George W. Bush neoconservative years that, you know, knowing that we weight the issues of war and peace, perhaps very slightly more heavily than we do the economic factors. Do you look at the Republican Party today as even with the problems of the populist factions being opposed to our Austrian ideas? Do, do you see the Republican Party as improved over the Bush years, even to a very small extent because of the war issue? I don't. I haven't voted for a Republican candidate for president since uh, 1980. <laughs> maybe, maybe I voted for his reelection in '84. Uh, I don't. I don't uh, remember. I, I don't. I don't know what the Republican Party stands for. Uh, I can't imagine that I would vote with the Democrats on anything except maybe some civil liberties issues. But they say what they stand for. They stand for big government. They stand for government in your face. They stand for the surveillance state. They stand for the war, uh, warfare state. They stand for the uh, nanny state, and they do what they say they're going to do. The Republicans say they don't stand for any of that, and then they do it anyway. Aren't you glad that the Republicans took over the House of Representatives so we don't have to worry about this crazy spending anymore? Oh, wait a minute. I forgot. Mike Johnson just agreed to the same deal that Kevin McCarthy and Nancy Pelosi had agreed to two years ago. The deal that got McCarthy kicked out of the speakership. These people are for the birds. There, there is a handful, a gaggle of them. It grows from 10 to 40 to 100, depending upon how safe it is politically to dissent. They are conservatives, conservative libertarians, and a few of them are out and out uh, libertarians. But with the exception of those people, uh, the Republicans stand for nothing other than opposing the Democrats. There's, there's and, an and by the way, what what did what did Mike all, uh, Johnson, the Speaker Johnson, also say after he announced this deal? We think we'll get your sixty-eight billion, uh, President Zelensky. Don't you worry about it. Sixty-eight billion dollars to a dying, failing Ukraine, fighting a war that was totally unavoidable, only because Joe Biden wanted to run for re-election as a wartime president. 
Now, Judge, there's an old bit by a comedian. I forget his name. Uh, it's he, where he he talks a little bit about what happens. Why is it that nothing seems to change when you go from one administration to another and you and the new president comes in always promising reform? Obama promised hope and change. It was more of the same, right? More drone bombings, more spending, more government, right? Didn't matter who it was that got elected. And his theory on this was, which was a bit of a joke, but I think it has a little bit of a truth there to, to it. And I wonder what your thoughts on this would be. His joke was that when any new president gets elected, they take him into the situation room and they show him a video from the grassy knoll of the angle from the grassy knoll. And they say, you're gonna do what we say here. You thought you were gonna make all these changes, but when they get in there, really the president realizes the the scope of the, the challenge of actually reforming the government or changing the deep state. In a way, the, the truth is, it may be that it's larger than one man to be able to actually accomplish. I mean. Javier Malay can revolutionize the government in Argentina because they are on the state of collapse. Collapsitarianism happened in Argentina, but in the United States, our government can still be bolstered by a strong economy. We don't know how, for how long, but it, it keeps the deep state alive. The tax dollars flow to the government and things continue on and the bureaucracy and the deep state continues to grow. Do you think there is that kind of that pressure on any president, no matter what kind of a hope and change message that they come in on, that that at the end of the day, the president of the, of the United States really has only so much power and that it's true that the bureaucracies really are the ones who run things? Well, the, the short answer would be yes. The longer answer is the one-liner from our friend and colleague, uh, Tom Woods. No matter who you vote for, you end up with John McCain. <laughs> <laughs> Love that he one. Could, he could look like Barack Obama. He could sound like George Bush, but he's really, uh, and he could act like Donald Trump, but he's really John McCain. Well, now I'll scare you about this grassy knoll uh, thing. In one of the last conversations I had with uh, Trump before he left the White House, when he was asking me about his last minute pardons, and I won't go through the names of the pardons. Some of, my, some of them he took my advice, some of them he didn't. He did not take my advice on Julian Assange and Edward Snowden, even though he said he was going to, he, he later sent me a message that he was talked out of it. Another story for another time. I did say to him, you know, among the many promises you made that you didn't keep, and that got him going, uh, was the promise to uh, reveal the JFK files. Why don't you do it? You got four days left. This was January 16th, 2021. And he said to me, Judge, if you saw what I saw, you wouldn't release those files either. I said, what did you see? He said, someday when we're together and there aren't, and then he raised his voice, 15 people listening to the phone call, I'll tell you. End of story. Now, I don't know who this comedian is or who this person is that makes this argument, but there may be more truth to it. Uh, than one thinks. On the other hand, if the argument is a metaphor, a metaphor for the fact that the two and a half million uh, bureaucrats in the government who basically can't be fired uh, and basically do things because that's the way it was always done, collectively have as much power as the president, it's a good argument. 
Judge, if it's true that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, then it wouldn't matter who was elected to the White House. It wouldn't matter if if I had won the presidency or in 2016, or if you or or even Ron Paul had won the presidency, because if that statement is true, Judge, then all of us being human, being fallen, would be prone to not just making mistakes or errors in judgment, but prone to the the hubris and the pride uh, of the office. I mean, this this I think, of course, you know, justifies our belief in limited government because if the government is small, then pe- even people like ourselves couldn't do the damage that would come naturally. But do you believe that that that's true? That even like if people like yourself or myself or even Ron Paul were to get into office, that that we would succumb to the allure of power? Be very, very difficult uh, not to. I mean, the greatest example in history of uh, not succumbing to power is Jesus on the cross. If you believe he was the son of God, as I do, he obviously had the power uh, to come down from the cross and slay those who were tormenting him, uh, but he chose he chose not to. He was God, so he obviously had supernatural uh, powers. It makes a difference in in the fringes. It makes a difference in the courts. Uh, the mentality of the of the jurists appointed by a Ron Paul or a Donald Trump or or an Austin Peterson, as opposed to those appointed by Barack Obama and uh, and Joe Biden, it may make a difference in certain legislation. But you're right. Um, the the powers of the federal government have so far exceeded uh, those uh, supposedly uh, restrained and articulated uh, in the Constitution. Uh, that it's beyond uh, the scope or control uh, of any one man. Judge, one more question uh, related to current events, and then I'd like to talk about your column and and have you sneak preview for us. Um, uh, The Ray Epps question. Um, He gets a year probation, $500 fine. Meanwhile, Enrique Tario of the Proud Boys, who wasn't even at January 6th, gets 22 years. You, do you think Ray Epps is a Fed? I think he was. Well, listen, I don't want to be sued. He sues everybody under the sun. Uh, I think there is uh, an argument uh, that some people have made uh, that he was um, that he was collaborating uh, with the Feds. If he were to and, sue, uh, you know, the Fed, the Fed, the Feds do this. The Feds do this all the time, and the state uh, governments uh, mimic the Feds. Uh, they will take somebody and charge them with a crime and then bribe the person to say what they want to hear by going easy on that person. This is going to happen to Trump with um, several of his lawyers, Sidney Powell, Jenna Ellis, uh, Ken Chesbro. They don't necessarily have to put these people on the witness stand because they all have a lot of baggage, but they can download from these people what these people know about Trump, just like they can download uh, from somebody uh, who is the eyes and ears of the uh, feds uh, at the time uh, of this uh, behavior. The feds uh, do it all the time, and uh, sorry to say that the courts go along with it. Look, if Trump had been really smart, you know what he would have done on January 19th? Pardoned everybody on January 6th. You don't need to name the people pardoned. Uh, Jimmy Carter, famous or infamously, at the time I thought infamously, now I think famously, pardoned everybody who left the country to avoid the draft 
during World War II. Did he name them by name? No. Had they actually been charged? No. When Jerry Ford pardoned Richard Nixon, Nixon hadn't been charged with anything, but it was an effective pardon. Trump could have done that. Sure, he had other things on his mind, but it would have saved a tremendous amount uh, of grief and a tremendous amount of wasted federal assets. Audience really appreciates your point of view, Judge. Lots of cheers and applause for you. TF13 over on Rumble says he do he does like Judge Napolitano and his thoughts. Big thumbs up. Judge, we can hear more about your thoughts on your awesome Judging Freedom podcast as well as your weekly column. Do you want to give us a sneak preview? Uh, today at 3 o'clock, I have Phil Giraldi, former uh, CIA, uh, who will analyze, just as Professor John Mearsheimer did last week, the South African complaint in the International Court of Justice alleging that the Israeli government is perpetrating uh, genocide. I don't know what the Israeli defense is. The complaint in that case is replete with uh, everything from uh, statements by the uh, uh, War Cabinet and Prime Minister Netanyahu to videos of what's happening on the ground. There's, there's, there's really no way to refute it. Uh, and then at four o'clock, uh, my new friend, um, you know, a lefty that agrees with us on many of these war uh, issues, Max uh, Blumenthal. Uh, apparently, somebody in the room when Bibi Netanyahu talks to uh, Tony Blinken has said, Netanyahu keeps saying, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's the coalition. If I do what you want, my government collapses. Isn't that interesting that he would be making decisions of life and death based upon how long he stays in the job? Four o'clock today on Judging Freedom. And your column is able to be read every Thursday at judgenap.com, correct? Yes. Milk and the police state about the seizure of milk products by the police with no allegation of criminal uh, wrongdoing uh, whatsoever from an Amish farmer in Pennsylvania uh, because he sells raw milk, which you may have had and I've had, and it's wonderful. Uh, to people who knowingly purchase it. He doesn't sell it to the public. He sells it to members of his raw milk club. I've never drank it, but I'm a big fan of Louis Pasteur and the process of pasteurization. <laughs> Judge, I don't take risks anymore with my gut health now that I've reached middle age. Judge Andrew Napolitano, a good friend. Middle age, you're still a show. baby. You don't even <laughs> shave yet, do you? <laughs> Judge Andrew Napolitano. Look at that beautiful baby face on Austin Peterson. <laughs> I only do that so they can't see him, my big gray beard if I grew it out. Judge, thank you very much for your time today. We appreciate you. Happy New Year. We'll see you next week. Back at you. All the best, Austin. Thank you. What do you guys think of Judge Napolitano? Send us a text. The text lines are open day or night on the Wake Up America show at 573-319-1586. Thank you to Burnt Toast Space Girlfriend. Arigato gozaimasu. She dropped $20 in the tip jar, and she just sent us a little heart. So cute. Also, apologies to TF13. I used the wrong pronouns. Uh, it's a she. It's not a he. My bad. Always want to watch out for those pronouns. They'll get you these days. Uh, Guapo Loco says Trump didn't start any new wars, saved a bunch of lives, especially Ukrainians. Very good. I see Ryan Seacrest these days is actually taking a turn. It sounds like he's joined the Republican Party. Listen to Ryan Seacrest interviewing Joe Biden at the New Year's celebration in New York's Times Square just the other night. This so after Trump takes back the White House and we finally get rid of your dumbass, what's next for you? Are you going on vacation or like some sort of retirement home? That's a great question. I already got offers from you know, a couple of adult diaper companies. I mean, I already use their diapers, so, so I might as well make some money using them, you know. 
Jill wants to put me in a home, but they don't allow showering with daughters and shit. So I'm not that excited about that option. I think we're just going to wait and see. So after. <laughs> that was totally legit. Definitely not a deep fake. Absolutely in no uh, way was that artificial intelligence that was completely legit that was carson daly i mean <laughs> ryan seacrest austin for god's sakes stop saying carson daly that was ryan seacrest for sure um stephanie lived for liberty says she loves ap's face oh thank you very much and she loves raw milk i can't do it uh Ur's mommy dumbass lmfao adult diapers goodness yes completely and totally legit that was not a deep fake darwin 13 says in the city of chicago chirac you couldn't park for more than two hours and you couldn't be within several hundred feet of a brick and mortar restaurant. Good to know. Uh, thank you to Burnt Toast Space Girlfriend this morning. We appreciate you very much. All right, what else have we got on the, the kitty? How's Donald Trump looking in Iowa? Iowa caucuses. New polling shows former President Trump making larger inroads with two key groups when compared to 2016. Evangelicals and first-time caucus goers. NBC News national political correspondent Steve Bernanke is with us from the big board. Steve, what are the latest polls showing us about Trump's gain with these two groups? I'm just I I'm I have no words for evangelical voters. The left just does not understand at this point. It, it's a just in terms of the numbers on this, I'll show you here in a second. It is a dramatic uh, pick your adjective, dramatic turnaround, I'll, I'll say, since 2016 in terms of where Trump stands with the evangelicals. We've seen this nationally, and I think it's the biggest story in Iowa. Just as a refresher, eight years ago, Iowa caucuses, first time in the 2016, uh, first contest of the 2016 uh, process. Remember, Trump lost Iowa. He came in second to Ted Cruz. He barely held off Marco Rubio for third place. Remember, there were a couple days there after Iowa in 2016. People were saying, hey, maybe this Trump thing will all fall apart. He ended up winning New Hampshire, turning it around. But the reason, the overriding reason that Donald Trump lost Iowa in 2016 is right here. This is the exit poll from the caucuses. This is the evangelical vote. About 64% of the Iowa Republicans... By the way, isn't it sad that Rand Paul's there at 4%? You're just like, no. Iowa, you guys, you just didn't understand Rand Paul. And, you know, a lot of this vote, it's a popularity contest. 4% Rand Paul is boo, boo, Iowa. Donald Trump came in second there, 22%. Republican electorate in 2016 was evangelical. And look, Ted Cruz won it. He won it by double digits, 34 to 22 over. I guess the one nice thing about Donald Trump is that uh, him winning is that it does show that you can win the evangelical vote without being an evangelical conservative Republican, if you think about it, right? A lot of people think, oh, well, the evangelical Republicans, they'll only vote for somebody if they're a Christian like they are. But I think Donald Trump really, you know, being like, you know, the millionaire playboy and, you know, he's not necessarily the stereotype of what you think of as like your Sunday morning Christian, right, example. Uh, but it does show that evangelical conservatives will, uh, Christian conservatives will vote for someone who is not an evangelical Christian conservative, which I think is refreshing. For Donald Trump. So Cruz with a double-digit win among evangelicals. There was a lot of resistance, a lot of skepticism. Trump had some support with evangelicals, but Cruz was the candidate of the evangelicals in Iowa in 2016, and he won the state. So that was 2016, our most recent NBC News Des Moines Register poll out of Iowa. This is about a month old, but this is what we've been seeing all year. Among evangelicals, look at the turnaround. Trump, who was losing by 12 to Ted Cruz, 
now with an outright majority, 51% of the evangelical vote, basically two to one over his nearest foe, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, barely in double digits, 51%. That tracks, by the way, with Trump in that poll, his overall support in Iowa, we also had at 51%. Just the history of this, we said Ted Cruz in 2016, he won the evangelical vote in Iowa. He won the caucuses. Rick Santorum, 2012, won the evangelical vote, won the caucuses. Mike Huckabee, 2008, evangelical vote caucuses. That's why Donald Trump, the biggest reason Trump has been winning and winning big in these Iowa polls. But we mentioned that other group. This is always a wild card group in caucuses. First-time caucus goers can often be about 40% of the uh, caucus electorate. Here is a group that Trump won in 2016, although it was close. He got 30%, Cruz, Rubio, both in the 20s. So this was a group that kept Trump in the game in 2016. It wasn't enough to win the state for him. But look at this. When you look now in wow. our poll at first-time caucus goers, Trump mm. with a 51-point advantage yeah. over his nearest foe here, Ron DeSantis. So he's had those two groups not just change in terms of one going for him that wasn't before, they have both exploded in terms of him now just winning outright majorities, massive landslides with both groups. It's why he's been so consistently ahead in Iowa. And it does set up, obviously. We are six days away from the caucuses themselves. Before that, I will say, we will have one final NBC News Des Moines Register poll before the caucuses. It's the one the whole political world is usually waiting on. And so and see, I think that the left, they don't understand why evangelicals would vote for Donald Trump. It's not just because of their values as Christians. It's also because of their political values, which are obviously opposed to woke leftist indoctrination. They're opposed to what the left is trying to foist on our children in schools. They're, they're opposed to the agenda that the left wants to foist on our children in regards to gender ideology. They're opposed to the agenda that the left wants to foist on us in terms of economics. They're uh, opposed to the agenda that the left wants to force on us when it comes to our, our, own, per the, our own personal lifestyles, right? The nuclear family and the family values that the left stands for. And whether or not Donald Trump is a perfect foil for our enemies or whether or not he is a, a perfect defender of the liberties that the evangelicals would like to see, he's an effective tool. And this is something that I've tried to explain to many of my Trump derangement syndrome sufferer friends, we'll call them, about the usefulness of Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a valuable tool to be used against your enemies. Let me explain. There's many different ways to use a tool. Donald Trump is kind of like a multi-purpose tool, right? It's a wrench. You can also use it as a hammer. You can also use it as a uh, lighter, right, to start a fire. Right? So it's like he's the Swiss army knife of politics. I'm, uh, I just coined that term. Donald Trump is the Swiss army knife of politics. And what do I mean when I say that? What I mean is, is that, for example, to start a fire, he's a lighter. Obviously, you can understand that reference. Donald Trump, if you're trying to light a fire under the left or drive someone insane, just bringing him up in a conversation is enough to drive someone crazy. Once you get them driven crazy and they're spinning like a top and their hair is on fire because you just lit them on fire with the lighter of Donald Trump, remember that multi-tool, the Swiss Army knife, then you've got them spinning and they're distracted and you can, you know, if you can't dazzle them with brilliance, you can baffle them with bullshit, right? <laughs> and you can use Donald Trump as a tool to drive them insane, which is useful, right? Or you, know, you can use Donald Trump 
in another way. You can use him as a knife to cut people. Like, say, libertarians, you're like, oh, Donald Trump is, is not an approved, I can't vote for him, I have to vote third party. Okay, you're free to vote third party in a country. I've done it in the past, right? God bless you. However, I will say, if you want to cut somebody like a knife, how many libertarians ran with their in their platform planks for president of the United States, including myself in 2016, on the Right to Try Act? Guess who signed the Right to Try Act into law? That was Donald Trump. Ooh, it cuts like a knife, right? We've got Swiss Army knife. We've set the left's hair on fire. We've sliced the libertarians open with the Right to Try Act, right? And then, of course, there was the question of the Republicans. If there are Republicans who are strong on border policy, well, guess what? Donald Trump, the wrench, can be used to talk to the Republicans who want to see a stronger border policy and restrictions curbed on our open borders that we have here in the United States, then Donald Trump is a useful wrench against those kinds of arguments. So you have Donald Trump, the Swiss Army knife, the multi-tool, the wrench against the Republic, the never Trump Republicans when it comes to the immigration question, the knife against the libertarians when it comes to the question of the right to try act, and the lighter against the liberals to set their hair on fire and drive them bonkers, bat insane, Donald Trump, the multi-tool. He is a useful tool against our enemies, and that is how you're going to have to think about it. That's how you're going to have to look at Donald Trump. Is anybody smoking what I'm hacking in the pipe? Uh, I see that we had, what, 69 likes on the show, which is, you know, kind of nice, but also kind of- How dare you? Some of you make me want to call the cops. Do me a favor, will you? Click the like button. I'd love to earn at least 100 likes on the Wake Up America show stream while we're streaming live. 74 likes, excuse me. It was 69 just a minute ago. Nice. Glad to have you all here. 1,168. We've consistently had over 1,000 people live here on the Wake Up America show, and I'm glad and grateful for it, especially those of you who have stepped in this morning at rumble.com and who have made donations to the show. I'd love it if people would join C. Songaroth and Urz Mommy and others and become a monthly supporter of the Wake Up America show. I know for many of you who are listening to me right now, you might roll your eyes and say, well, Austin, I just met you. I don't know you. I'm not going to fork over, you know, five bucks a month to somebody that I don't know. And I totally understand that. But there's probably five or 10 of you this morning who are listening to the show and who have been saying, you know what? I've been listening to the show consistently. I really appreciate what Austin is trying to do. What Austin and Stephanie are trying to build, a libertarian digital media company, bringing more podcasts. We've got a new show that we're developing right now that's going to be coming to you. And all of this stuff, of course, is very expensive. And of course, your, your single-time donations matter, but we could really use your help with a regular pledge. And you can either do that here at rumble.com, $5 or $20 here at rumble.com, or you can do it at our website, wakeupamericashow.com slash support. Now, it's not just money for nothing and the chicks for free. We do offer you a 20% discount if you are a subscriber to any of our services. Some people subscribe and buy coffee on a monthly plan. Some people subscribe through rumble.com at $5 a month or 20 bucks a month or at wakeupamericashow.com slash support for $17.76 a month. That's the Peterson's Patriot supporters. And everybody who gives $17.76 a month or above, of course, is on our Christmas card list and gets invited to in special events and gets special deals and things and enter to win in contests. But if there's five to six of you right now, I think probably who have been regular listeners and you're not a monthly subscriber to the show, I, I'd like to ask you to please do that right now. Help 
me and Stephanie to build the next generation of Liberty Media. Uh, I'm not begging, I'm just asking to help support us and help us to build a new libertarian content company. I wanna build a libertarian version of the Daily Wire. So do me a favor and sign up right now, become a monthly subscriber to the show. Again, you can do it right here on the channel, or you can go to our website, wakeupamericashow.com slash support. TF13, she says, okay, I thumbed up, but I'm new. I know nothing about this channel, but I'm listening. That's great. For those of you who are new today, you have no idea who I am. You haven't met my lovely wife uh, yet. You'll, she'll convince you here on Fridays when she comes and joins us. So subscribing to the channel, of course, is totally free and it helps support us and we appreciate that very much. And of course, if you haven't checked out ap4libertyshop.com, I know a lot of you are capitalists just like us. You wanna get something for your money. Buying an awesome product from ap4libertyshop.com helps support us as well. But remember, if you are a monthly subscriber, if you are a monthly donor, you do get 20% off our products at apforlibertyshop.com, which is a great discount. And I know many of you definitely like to use that. We do see our, our uh, subscribers uh, using that 20% discount. So it's a great way to save money. KV Andy says, some people drive to your house and bring you goodies and cash to help support the show. Yes, you do, Mr. Vandy. We appreciate you very much. Robbie Theremin says, look at the Carter Carterville, Missouri Wikipedia page in the gallery, the old rock filling station is my house. Ooh, we're gonna show up, Robbie. Do unspeakable things to you. I'm still waiting on Lieutenant Colonel Anthony Schaefer. Um, I'm gonna say, text him right now. Uh, keep me informed, because apparently the weather out where he's at right now is preventing him from joining us this morning. We're gonna talk to him, hopefully in a few minutes, about Defense Secretary uh, Lloyd Austin disappearing for a few days and the readiness of our military. One of our listeners can uh, are, are texting in, they're asking us uh, questions and they're sending us things like, um, one listener texting and saying, I viewed that Trump can do a lot of stuff, but the master of nothing. So jack of all trades and a master of nothing, I think is what you're trying to say. Yes, I get it. Another listener texted in says, here I am asking for a link to a clip, the one about Biden talking about adult diapers. Yes, okay, I get it, I'll give you that clip. Here you go. A lot of times our listeners do want to grab the clips that we play in the show, and I'm happy to do that. You can always text the Wake Up America show anytime, night or day, at our text line, which is 573-319-1586. Again, that's 573-319-1586. You know what I should do? I should just have that number up on 1586. Sometimes I think it just looks kind of tacky. There, look at look at me do this in real time. This is how talented I am. Give it up for AP. There you go. So you guys always know that you can text the show at 573-319-1586 is the text line. If you want to grab clips or quotes or you have a question for me, or let's say if you're already a monthly subscriber to the Wake Up America show, you might be saying, hey, I don't have my code. I'd like to be able to get my 20% discount at the AP for Liberty Shop store. Well, cool, just so you know, I will get you that code if you just send me a text. Let me know what your name is and uh, I will check that with the records to ensure that you are a month, uh, indeed a monthly subscriber to the show and see how I made that all pretty with our little pink logo there on the Wake Up America show. There you go, that's the text line. 573-319-1586 is that text line. Hit us up there and let us know what's on your mind and anytime, night or day. If you grew up in Kansas City in the 1980s like I did, you probably know that song called 322-1177. 
anytime, night or day, right? Sometimes I like to go onto YouTube and watch old commercials from like the 1980s when I was a kid. Some of you, if you know, if you lived anywhere near the Kansas City area, and I know we do have a lot of like Kansas City area listeners, then you probably remember the, um, what was that? Oh, my brother and I were singing this at Christmas time. Put a light on the mayor's Christmas tree, let your love shine through. Anyways, let's hear what the left is saying about the Donald Trump appeals to presidential immunity. I just like to hear what the idiot left is saying sometimes. Take a listen. Donald Trump's attorney just argued in court that Donald Trump could assassinate a political rival on orders from SEAL Team 6 that he gave to SEAL Team 6 to assassinate a political rival and his president of the United States, unless Mike Johnson's Congress impeached him, he would have immunity from prosecution for political assassinations of American rivals. That's what Donald Trump admitted in court. Yeah, it depends on the context. I mean, it was outrageous. Yeah, yeah, it does depend on the context, doesn't it? Thank you, Chris Matthews. And I have to tell you, I grew up in the Cold War, a little older than you, Joe, and I have to tell you, when we grew up in the Cold War, we wondered how far could Soviet dictators go with their authority? How many people could they knock off in the back room? And up through Stalin, certainly, and maybe Bulganin, maybe Khrushchev, we figured they had the power to kill their enemies, get rid of them. We thought that was what a dictator was. That's what they're describing as the presidential authority under their, their reading of the Constitution the ability to knock off opponents. And this is a real problem because those people who raided the Capitol on on January 6th, 700 of them have pled already. 200 of them have pled to felony cases. They're going to prison to 18 to 20 years. They're going in for real time. Mm -hmm. And all those people are going to be punished in the real world that Biden, that uh, Trump doesn't live in, the real world, they're going to jail. And they're paying for listening to his lies. When he said, I won the election, he lied. He sent them up there with the lie. And that's why they're in jail. And they're going to jail. And this is a reality. And Trump's out there hanging onto that last shred, this immunity thing, this thing that he thinks will save him. You know, like the guy hanging from the uh, Statue of Liberty and his coat falling apart because he's trying to hang on, you know? He's not going to win. He's going to lose that case because the the appellate court, we could hear them thinking yesterday in that trial. You could hear them talking with their incredibility. Uh, It's hard to listen to the idiot left these days, but we always want to know what they're doing. Did you hear that clip I played earlier of of Whoopi Goldberg when she was saying that Donald Trump was going to put us all in camps? Talk about projection, right? Let's hear from somebody that we actually like, though. Vivek Ramaswamy, in the final days of the campaign, we're going to miss you, Vivek. I'm what Vivek Ramaswamy, and I approve this message. The mainstream media is trying to rig the Iowa GOP caucus in favor of the corporate candidates who they can control. Don't fall for Are their you? trick. They don't want you to hear from me about the truth of what really happened on January 6th, the truth about the COVID origin, the Hunter Biden laptop story, and everything else they have lied to you about. So you can fix that. Take your remote and turn this off. Okay, Vivek Ramaswamy, good stuff. Do we have any Vivek Ramaswamy fans out there? Just really enjoyed watching Vivek kick butt during the presidential debates, and I've definitely become a fan of his. And it's been it's been heartening to actually see people who are out there who are taking taking some wins and 
I hope that Vivek Ramaswamy ends up running for Congress or for Senate or from so, for some other job. Hell, if Donald Trump wins the White House this year, I'd like to see Vivek Ramaswamy become vice presidential candidate, right? Because I think they're probably going to, you know, I think if Donald Trump wins, I think that there's probably going to be something nefarious that happens to Donald Trump. And I don't want that to happen. But frankly, I think that there are too many people who want him dead for him to make it all four years. Maybe he doesn't even make it to his first day in the White House, which means it's so important who we pick to become our vice presidential candidate. And I want it to be Vivek Ramaswamy. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Who do you think would be a good vice presidential candidate? Vivek is the one who's the closest to what it is that I believe. Some people may have a different opinion. Remember, you can always text the show anytime, night or day, Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time on the Wake Up America show. We've had over a thousand people watching the show live the entire stream. This has been fantastic. And I know it's because of Rumble.com. Many of you guys who've been here for a little while know how good it feels to see all of these people coming and joining us on the show. We were this show that, you know, when I started it a year and almost a half ago, we had 20 to 30 people watching us live in the morning. So for us, and it's a little two-person business that produces the show, and it's me and my wife. And when we're not here on the show, we're working our butts off behind the scenes trying to make the show as awesome as possible for you five days a week. So do us a favor, like and subscribe to the channel. We'd love to have you come back and join us here. This The show's schedule is every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. The Wake Up America show streams live. Great news, great politics and we're really a lot of fun and we make friends if you haven't had a chance to introduce yourself in the comments this morning i hope you'll do it tomorrow so make sure you come back and join us here bookmark us right rumble.com slash ap for liberty we'd love to have you make your acquaintance i know a lot of you 1212 of you um, are kind of lurkers hanging out in the background you don't really do the whole live chat thing trust me we don't bite unless you ask until we know you better <laughs> unless you want us to we are libertarians, of course. Love Kit joining us says, first time I got the Rumble notification, longtime fan voter. What's up? Love Kit, glad to have you here. Andy Opperman says, great show. TF13, she says, that's cool, a husband and wife team. Yeah, and you get to meet her on Friday. Friday morning, Stephanie joins us for Freedom Family Friday, including my brother, Justin Peterson. It's a trio of Petersons. CC23 says, your podcast is great. So many of them are depressing. Yeah, no, we are not depressing. We keep it light. We keep it fun. It's a great way to start your day. The only better way to start your morning is with a cup of Founding Flavors coffee. Am I right? <laughs> Shameless capitalist plug. This is how we grow, though. If we don't sell coffee and if we don't get uh, monthly subscribers, we don't grow. And if the show doesn't grow, well, then there's no show. But it's thanks to people like you who watch the stream, who like and subscribe, who buy coffee, who buy metal signs, uh, and who who uh, subscribe to the channel on a monthly basis. People like you are helping to keep us alive and keep us in business. My wife and I have big dreams. We've got a documentary we're working on that we want to have out by the end of this year about the Battle of Athens. The first time an insurrection was actually successful in the United States. Well, the second. The American Revolution was the first one. The Battle of Athens was the second. But we want to make libertarian movies and more content and media. So help us to make it happen.
click like and subscribe. And if you've really been enjoying the content, become a monthly subscriber as well. We appreciate you very much. See you later, TF13. Bye-bye, Urz Mommy. See you later, Joan J. Exit through the gift shop. We do have painted elephants. Thanks, Quest Fanning. Thank you, Commode Bear. Quest, I saw your $2 donation earlier. Thank you, by the way. Rare Camellia, she'll be here with us in studio tomorrow. Uh, Barney Styles, Tolly1982, Clementine, we know that's Diug, CC23, Eric Wilson Live, all of our friends, Bitchmobile, we'll see you tomorrow on the Wake Up America show. Oh, somebody donated 50 bucks. Uh, Urz Mommy, thank you. We love you. Mwah, mwah, mwah. See you tomorrow, guys. Bye. <laughs> Spans of time, a year might seem like a mere moment, but oh 